0: listening to CLNS Media powered by betonline.ag go to clnsmedia.com/roll use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit this
1: is may 26th and this is the Bruins beat on CLNS Media welcome back to the Bruins beat on CLNS media. I'm your host Evan Marinofsky. And typically you don't get a podcast on a Sunday morning. Typically the Bruins beats don't come in Sundays. They come in the middle of the week either Tuesday or Wednesday depends on if you know who can come on when. But because the Stanley Cup starts Monday, I thought, you know what? Like I got to do a podcast for this because the last podcast with Connor Ryan was sort of how the Bruins got here. And at that time, uh, the, the Blues and Sharks series wasn't even really done yet. It, we recorded the day of game six. We assumed the Blues would win, but we didn't really go that much in depth on what the Stanley Cup would look like. Now it's set. Blues, Bruins, Stanley Cup, game one, Monday night. And I was like, you know, I gotta do a podcast this. I gotta preview it because if I release it in the middle of the week, then we're talking game one. We never really previewed it. So to have a good preview, I said, who, who can I call on to have? And, and that was Pete Blackburn this week. Uh, this episode's great. Pete, covers the NHL for CBS Sports. He does Sunday Skate on WEI's on Sunday mornings. Hopefully, maybe you listen to it before this podcast drop, hopefully. Um, and then he has his own podcast called Brunch with DJ Bean of NBC Sports Boston. So um this was a really good episode. We sort of get into predictions. We get into the previewing of the series. We cover every single base. The best base came at the end uh, when we talked Gloria and how we're going to get that to be hijacked by us here in Boston because of the St. Louis thing. But who says we can't go in there and take it? So um, before we get into our conversation, uh, you know I love all of you incredible listeners. So because the Stanley Cup is now just a day away pretty much, I want to let you guys have a chance to go to Game 2 of the Stanley Cup. And here's all you have to do. Go to the link clnsmedia.com backslash NHL Bruins or clnsmedia.com backslash Stanley Cup. When you get there, sign up for a free account. I repeat, is free account with betonline.ag and then use the promo code CLNS50. The raffle will be drawn on Tuesday, May 28th. So you'll have plenty of time to know if you won or not and to get preparation for game two. Again, you can choose between two links. I give choices here. Either CLNSmedia.com backslash NHL Bruins or CLNSmedia.com backslash Stanley Cup. Sign up for free and then use promo code CLNS50. Now here's Pete Blackburn and I's Stanley Cup review and predictions. And we're here talking Bruins with Pete Blackburn. Pete, what is up? What's going on? Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, anytime. So, uh, before we sort of dive right into Stanley Cup previews and predictions, I think there's a big thing we need to talk about. And TD Garden released a menu today for the Stanley Cup. And this donut burger, you set Twitter on fire when you posted it. You have a big following and you posted it and people are all in the replies. Everyone's weighing in. I personally think the donut burger looks terrible. It looks like a stomach ache and a half. For the record, what do you think of it?
0: Well, I'm, I, I put in a request to try it. I, I sent it to uh, the Delaware North guy that sent me the email with the uh, the menu, and I was like, "Hell yeah, get me in for a taste testing on this thing." Just because i have a morbid curiosity. I need to know what it's like to eat that thing. I don't think it'll be pleasant, um, and I don't think that it would be enjoyable in the actual process of eating it. <laughs> like you're gonna have glazed donuts squished all over your hand, and it's just be a disaster eating that thing. But I can't, I can't help myself. I need to do it.
1: Well, I see it and I, and I think like that's cr- great to try like for an, a podcast like yours for brunch where right. you're sitting there and you have like a, a distinguished setting. But if you're at the game and you're sitting there and you have to eat that thing with everyone around you in a crowded place and the line for the bathrooms out the door, you're not going to have a pleasant time. So I see that and I'm like, right. that's fun to try, but not, it, not it, to it, mention
0: in the Stanley Cup final where like you're already feeling like garbage and you already want to throw up the entire game. <laughs> So to have that sitting in your stomach while the Bruins are in a one-goal game uh, in the Stanley Cup Final is probably not ideal.
1: No, I know. And what's funny is this series is supposed to be super close, to physical teams. Um, before we get into that, though, obviously the storyline of the week has been this layoff. 10-day layoff. We hear about it all the time. Reporters hate talking about it. People hate hearing questions about it, but it has to be asked. And I think the main guy this might affect is Tukarask. So what do you think? Do you think this, we're doing predictions. Do you think the layoff hurts Tukarask or doesn't affect him at all?
0: I think it hurts a little bit. Um, but uh, hurting Tukarask a little bit at this point in time is still, you know, you're probably going to have a goalie who's better than pretty much anybody else. Um, so I, I think that it's, it's not necessarily going to be like a major detriment, but it is, it's going to be difficult. We saw it in in the Columbus series when you have that long of a layoff you come out it's it's tough to adjust to the speed of the game i think maybe the one thing that the bruins really have going for them at this point is that the layoff's pretty significant for st louis too it's not like st louis is kind of off two days rest where you know they're in full game shape it's it's they're going to be six days off too so uh the the playing field i think is pretty even
1: yeah i mean my opinion is i think they're going to come out slow in game 1 as a team and i think rask He's gonna be solid, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Blues score the first goal. Um, I'm not saying Rask's gonna suck in the first period, but what we've seen of him, I could totally see him coming out, maybe not looking as sharp. Rebound control might not be as good as it normally has been. So for me personally, I think the, the layoff might affect Rask, but for max one period. And I think right after that, he sort of gets back into it. Um, didn't look, and you know what? Didn't look so great in the scrimmage on Thursday night. And I know I know it means nothing. I know it means nothing, but it's something to look at. Um, and then I want to ask you your predictions. Does the layoff hurt the
0: Bruins as a team at all? Uh, I could see them losing game one. Uh, and I I don't necessarily think that kills them in the series, obviously. Uh, I think they lose, possibly lose game one and then they'll win this on paper. That's what I believe. Um, I'd love to see them win game one, but I think there's, there's a chance that a slow start could hurt them.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I actually see them losing game one because 10 day layoff. They are on a seven-game win streak. I'm sorry. You're due for a loss at some point. And game one would be the perfect time because it's game one. Bruins lost game one of the first series. Didn't hurt them that much. Um, so, you know, we're talking Blues, talking Bruins. With the Blues, what should scare the Bruins the most with that team?
0: I think the one area where they have an advantage over the Bruins, and it's this area alone in my mind, it's their depth. And I think their bottom six forward group is really, really good. You've got – Pat Maroon, you've got Tyler Bozak, um, and, but their fourth their fourth line uh, and, and Robert Thomas as well, who's been unbelievable uh, and seems to only be getting stronger as a as a nineteen year old rookie. His his numbers are pretty modest in in the postseason right now, but I think that he's he could be due for a pretty breakout performance in the Stanley Cup Final. But the fourth line of the Blues has been their best line uh, recently, and uh, it's been a massive advantage for that team. They're really really good on the forecheck. Uh, they they pressure the puck and they force turnovers and they're able to capitalize on those turnovers. I mean, you look at the fact that 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 line has a guy who's making more than six million dollars in Alex Steen. It's it's really not a fourth line uh, in terms of talent. It's just the way that it's d- distributed on that on that lineup. So um, that especially with the Bruins losing Chris Wagner, I think that that could be a mismatch. Well, what I see
1: ironic with that is. The Bruins are a super deep team. And if you have their – the Blues have an incredible fourth line, so do the Bruins. And when I'm looking at these lines, I mean, top to bottom, Braden Shen centering the first line, Ryan O'Reilly on the second, Tyler Bozak, Oscar Sunquist. I wonder how Cassidy's going to match up these lines because when they were doing it against Carolina, it was pretty easy to sort of assume, you know, Aho against Bergeron. Bergeron shuts him right down. They tried Jordan Stahl. That never worked. The fourth line, ironically enough, kind of became the Bruins' second line. In shutting down that stall line. So I sort of wonder, like, how, how do, if you're, if you're Cassidy, how do you match up these lines at all? Because in all honesty, you know, you have Ryan O'Reilly, who's basically Patrice Bergeron in some rights, you know, great defensive center, great in his own, great in his own end, great in the offensive zone, you know, facilitates the puck and win faceoffs. If you're Cassidy, I mean, how do you match up these lines?
0: Yeah, I I think the, the play sort that they're going to start is Bergeron's going to play. Uh, most of the minutes against Terrasanko. Um, he's the guy that, that you gotta watch out for the most up front for that team. Um, that first line for the Blues is, has been good and is, is only getting hotter at this point. And honestly, um, so I, I think that Bergeron gets the most minutes against that line. And then honestly, from there, it, it, it honestly just could roll, uh, because both these teams are so deep that it's, you know, you're really not getting that much of an advantage, um, elsewhere, uh, because I, I do think that uh, you know, they match up. This is a, these two teams match up pretty well, honestly. And so it, it could just be a situation of rolling board on both sides and just seeing kind of who stands out and then work from there and make adjustments.
1: Yeah, I sort of wonder who the Krejci line fits best against because, you know, I talk, mat, you know, line matchups because Cassidy's so big on it. You sort of wonder, you know, where that Krejci line fits, whether or not, you know, if, because if O'Reilly goes against them, you have to think he probably maybe shuts them down. I wonder if Krejci can sort of get past that. My opinion-
0: I will say, I will say, sorry, I got you off, but Ryan O'Reilly hasn't had that of a postseason. He, he's a really, really good player and obviously a selfie candidate, but his postseason hasn't been great. And, uh, you know, his goal share is below 50, 50%, I believe, or it, it might be directly at 50%, but, uh, he hasn't been the The guy that that he was during the regular season. I don't know if there's an issue there or something, but and you know maybe he's he's gotten better recently, but the overall body of work is that he should be better.
1: No, I agree with you, but that's sort of the thing. Whereas, like if 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 O'Reilly's been bad up to this point, at some point you have to think he might hit his stride. So I would not be surprised if it's this series. I mean, I just I don't know. I mean, the Sharks were a better
0: matchup, at least for the Bruins. Uh, side Especially of with the Sharks half the lineup, the half the important players <laughs> out of their lineup, it certainly would have been the better matchup. Um, yeah, I think that everybody kind of realized as that that Western Conference final went on, the Sharks were the team to root for if you're a Bruins fan because they were so banged up. Martin Jones started looking like a pumpkin again, and uh, you know they just had, they just had too many issues. and And this Blues team is very, very good. It's very complete, uh, and they match it pretty well against the Bruins. DJ Bean said it pretty well. Uh, this is, this is a, essentially going to be the Bruins versus Blue Jackets series, but the blues are a lot better than the Blue Jackets.
1: Yes, I agree with you. And that's the thing, like going into this, going into the conference finals, I feel like everyone was like, oh, the Sharks are, you know, you you want to face the blues, you know, the Sharks are probably going to win the series. But as it went on, it was like, okay, this team is literally just dying as, as the games go on. I mean, Eric Carlson was out there on one leg, you know, and the blues exposed him to hell and back. I mean, the the, the amount of NBC sports montages during the games of Eric Carlson just getting becoming part of the glass.
0: Yeah, that, well that's the fun. thing. I, I don't think that they exposed him too much. I think that they just targeted him and and kick kicked the crap out of him. Like they it, it was clear that they series with mentality, we're gonna go after this guy, we're gonna bang on him, and hopefully, you know, we'll win the war of attrition. And they did. It was it makes me really glad that the Bruins aren't heading into the series with a lot of injuries uh, sort of on the mend because it would worry me with how heavy the Blues play. Who do you think they go after?
1: If you're the Blues, who are you going after on the Bruins? I mean, there's the easy answers, but who do you think they go for?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Bergeron uh, is probably the, the number one guy that they want to go after. Um, but, you know, there are some guys on the back end too. Like, it, I mean, if they want to bang on, on guys on the blue line, take out brandon carlo and 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 sort of get him a little apprehensive he's been the bruins best shutdown guy and i'm i'm assuming that he's going to get a lot of the the top matchups against that first line so if you go after brandon carlo that's a that's a guy um that you know if you if you limit his his uh durability or if you limit his effectiveness certainly helps your team
1: yeah, I will. I also wonder with Grizzly, guys like Krug, who are smaller puck oh, movers, yeah. sort of facilitate. If you get in their heads early, that sort of changes the series. You know, obviously, guy like Posternock, um, some sort of the younger guys, Jake Debrus, because we saw against the Maple Leafs, Debrus comes out hitting everything in sight in game two. And then for the rest of the series and into the Blue Jacket series, it didn't seem like there was a lot there.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point, too. And, and on the, on the Krug thing, I said on the last night, I was like, Krug, is somewhat of a concern for me heading into the series. Not because I doubt his ability, and he's played really, really well uh, throughout these playoffs, but he's a smaller guy, and this is a team that in St. Louis that is really, really strong in front of the net, and they're really, really good at establishing zone time. So if they're able to pin uh, the Bruins in their own ends and Torrey Krug's on the ice, he could get beat up pretty good in front of the net and in, end up on on the wrong side of a of goal. So... Uh, you know, it's it's we'll see what happens, but it, the the size advantage that they have uh, with that with the Bruins smaller defenseman is is a little bit concerning.
1: And I think you have to look at Chara. I mean, Chara's been dealing with an injury, and in in some of these series, he's been getting knocked over like a ton of bricks. I mean, they've been they've well, been he's exposed. Very very old. He's looked yes. very very
0: old at points, and, and he's overall been fine. But at, at certain points, I've watched his Chara play and been like, holy crap. He looks like a 40 year old and it's really ugly. It's funny. I've been thinking
1: like there is a real case to be made. Like a lot of people are saying there's no sixth defenseman. I think up to this point, he's been the sixth defenseman.
0: I don't know if I'd go that far. I think that he's probably four. Uh, yeah, I still think that he's been really solid. Uh, hasn't been a liability much. And so I'd say I'd, I'd put Carlo and McAvoy ahead of him for sure. And then yep. possibly Ruge. Um, with how well he's played defensively uh, throughout these playoffs so maybe he's the fourth maybe he's the third but like at the end of the day you got a 40 year old defenseman and he's your third or fourth best defenseman you're in, you're in pretty good shape <laughs> and especially if it's Zidane Chara. so um you know i i think that there there are bigger concerns
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. But before we get into that, I want to tell you a little bit about and and all the listeners of one of my favorite new things, betonline.ag. They're more than just some online betting platform. There's a lot of them out there, but none are quite like betonline.ag. Their approach is focused on the player, and they built their incredible reputation on offering you, the clients, nothing but the best, from cutting-edge technology to enticing promotions and the latest sports betting odds. They have it all. They're famous for their sports book, where there are live lines on all major sporting events across all the major sports, including the NHL, which is obviously pretty relevant right now. Their live betting feature allows you to bet on your favorites quick and easy and in real time. See, I told you they had everything. Uh, if you'd like to bet on the Stanley Cup games, which are coming up very soon, or any of your other favorite sports, maybe you're a baseball guy, maybe you're a tennis guy, I don't know. Use my personal promo code CLNS50 at clnsmedia.com backslash NHL Bruins To get 50% cash back on your first deposit, again, promo code CLNS50 at clnsmedia.com backslash NHL Bruins. If you guys want to keep this podcast free, which I imagine obviously you do because you're listening and you like it, go there and take advantage of this great opportunity. That's betonline.ag. All right, so one pretty big storyline right now, aside from the layoff, and it was you can tell by the amount of reporters that were around his stall the other day when it got announced the Blues would be the Bruins' opponent in the Stanley Cup is David Backus, um, which I didn't think I'd be saying going into the playoffs that David Backus would be a storyline at all. But now they're playing the Blues. He is former Blue. Um, how does he perform?
0: Well, I mean, the numbers suggest that he, he gets up for Blues games in five five games against the Blues since coming here. He's got three goals, so I definitely think there's you know, guys love to play it off and, and say that it, it's not something that I think about and, and, you know, whatever it's, it's, I'm sure it'll be weird. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's just a game, but you can tell that David Backus cares and you can tell that he cares uh that, you know, he, he this blues team means a lot to him. He even said after the Bruins uh had clinched the, uh, the Eastern conference, you know, he said that he had been thinking about the potential of, of going into a Stanley cup final matchup against the blues and, I mean, I don't blame him, and so uh, I think that it probably will affect him right at the outset, and and possibly, you know, in Game Three when you head back into that building, I'm sure it's going to be somewhat weird and uh, and different for him. But you know, what we've seen so far from David Backus says that he gets up for those games and he plays better than we're typically uh, used to seeing from him, at least over the past few years. So, possibly a good thing for the Bruins.
1: Yeah, see, I think this is huge for him, obviously, but I think the main thing is this determines whether or not him choosing to sign here was a good idea from his perspective, not the Bruins. I mean, the signing itself hasn't been great, but from his perspective, he left St. Louis to win a cup. Now he's got his chance. He thought Boston was the best chance to win a cup. He has his chance two years later, but St. Louis is against them. So to me, it's like if he loses this, he looks like an idiot. If he wins it, oh, he looks correct.
0: Right, and I also think that there's a certain element to it that would be absolutely devastating for David Backus, where it's, you know, he, he, he said multiple times that he wanted to be the first St. Louis Blue to raise a Stanley Cup, the first guy to touch a Stanley Cup wearing that sweater. So to have to, to lose in the final and have to watch somebody else be the first guy to touch it, I think that would really, really, that would demoralize, that'd be demoralizing, and it's something that, you know, he could win a cup after that, but I still, it's something that he wouldn't forget.
1: Yeah, no, it's funny. Wasn't it, was it Marion Hosa in 08, 09, yeah, no, 7, lost 8, 08, back, 9 back who went from, uh, cause it was Red Wings, Penguins two straight years and he was on the Penguins the first year. And then the next year he went to the Red Wings and lost both. And he just to went the, he just, to the Penguins. He
0: yes. Lost to the, to the same team, uh, that he, that he left both times. So, uh, and I think he won at the third. Third year or was it the fourth year? He might have. You was in it
1: then. No, he was in it three straight years then because yeah. you know oh seven oh eight with the with the Penguins. Next year with the wing with the yeah with the Wings, and then the next year with the Blackhawks. And he won what right. two or three with the Blackhawks. So it paid out. But I mean, to lose back to back years with two teams and just flip flop sides, I mean, right. it doesn't exactly look great. But no, I I think Bagus plays well. It's funny you mentioned the three goals uh, in five games. I. Heard that last night. In a humble brag. I was listening to Sunday's game on <laughs> Thursday night. I did a nice promo for it. You're welcome. Um, but I know I heard that and I was surprised. But it is true. I mean, you know, you have to wonder with the confidence he's gotten being on the second line, being next to Krejci and brusque. I mean, he's actually had impacts on these games, which is not something, as I said, I expected to see into these playoffs.
0: No, and and he's looked good doing it too. Like he's he's not only throwing the body and being the physical kind of sandpaper guy that he needs to be to even have a spot in this league at this point in time. But he's also been skating well. I mean, in the, in the second-round series, he was beating guys up for icings left and right, and it's like, what the hell's yeah. going on here? So, like, he's played well. And I think that uh, for a guy that started this playoff run as a scratch, uh, he's been about as good as you could have hoped for as a Bruins fan.
1: Yeah. No, it's funny. He, I wonder if, you know, if he wins a cup, this year and has some sort of impact on these Stanley Cup finals. We have to wonder, you know, we all kind of write off that David Backus signing as terrible, but if he wins a cup and he's an integral part of it, maybe it wasn't a terrible signing.
0: Yeah, it's definitely easier to swallow, especially when he's had the impact that he's had. And it's been, and I mean, it's been noticeable at points. I mean, that, that game against, uh, the game two against Toronto when they just came out and David Backus was throwing the body left and right. And it was just like, it, it would clearly, sort of permeated through that, that locker room and through that team that, like, this guy's presence is injecting life and injecting, like, this tenacity into the, into this bench. And so, uh, you know, he's had a measurable impact. So uh, I definitely think that it, it might change a little bit of the criticism that he's gotten over the f- few years that he's been here.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. Um, now we'll get into some more intense predictions uh This is obviously incredibly subjective, but might as well ask it: who do you think is the best player in the series between either team uh
0: i mean it's it 's got to be patrice Bergeron just in terms of of how good he is on both ends of the ice you look at the 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 matchups that he 's had in these playoffs and what he 's been able to do in terms of limiting the production um of opposing team 's top stars it 's that stuff 's completely. The most valuable thing that you could ever have, plus the, the, uh, the offensive contributions that he had, that he's had on the other end of the ice. I mean, I have the, the numbers right in front of me now. I mean, 65 minutes against John Tavares in the, in the first round series, on the ice for one goal against, at, at five That's on insane. five. 35 minutes against Artemi Panarin in the second round series, on the ice for one goal against. 30 minutes against Tavo Taravainen in, in the Eastern Conference final, on the ice for zero goals against. Oh, so he, made like, the, he made the Hurricanes look like they were terrible. mighty. Terrible. Yeah, it just made them look like an AHL team. So uh, he's got to be the most important player on the ice, and uh, it, they're going to need him going up against Vladimir who who's only picking up steam and is clearly uh, you know, a game-breaker for the Blues.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned Bergeron. A lot of people kind of earlier in the playoffs were getting on the first line, the bergeron martian Postolak line. Oh, they're not scoring enough. They're not scoring enough five-on-five, five, but – that's because their job isn't technically to score; it's to shut down the other team's top lines. And people forget—some yeah, people forget right. that.
0: Right, and to say that that those guys were having bad series, and no, they weren't. Like they, they they were doing their job on one end of the ice, and you got when that happens, you also have to rely on the secondary guys to to pick up some of the scoring because those guys are shouldering the weight defensively. So you know Bergeron might be the best player in this series but possibly the most important player for the Bruins uh might be David Krejci because you really you're really going to need that secondary scoring and like you mentioned if he's going up against Ryan O'Reilly you want to get the better of that matchup you don't want to trade off with those first two lines and with Bergeron and O'Reilly and what they're able to bring on the ice so if you can get a lot of production from David Krejci and in his line I think the series is that's that that could be the key to the series
1: yeah, that Krejci point's a good one. Um, my most important player, aside from Bergeron, and now that you said the Krejci thing – I agree with that. So I like that. I hadn't thought of that before. It's too carask. And the reason is because I think this is going to be a low scoring. I know, obviously,
0: but it's going to be a
1: low.
0: Yeah, It's tough to win when you're, when you're, when the opposing goalie's saving 94% of the, the shots against him. So, uh, he, I mean, if he plays the way that he plays, then absolutely he's the most important
1: player. Well, the reason I say it's the most important is these are going to be low scoring games, I think. And Cassidy's even said, like this is, this is not going to be a high flying series that maybe the sharks would have brought because you have Martin Jones who, you know the socks the swiss cheese as a pumpkin as you said but you have a you have a solid goalie on their end which i wonder how much the bruins have on him you know i mean i know it's a lot to say but they had him in providence for a year how much did they get on him but also how much did they help him because if they're coaching him for a year he had 28 starts did they help him because everybody loves this this bob ascenza what did they help him you think
0: yeah, I mean, it's, to go on loan and, and, uh, and, you know, obviously the Bruins have done pretty well with their goaltending in, in recent years. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there's probably an element where they, they helped him and, and, uh, you know, he's clearly done well this year in, in a rookie year. And honestly, his mentalities looked really great too, just based off of, you know, he, he looks unflappable at times. He, he's not, the moments never seems to be too big for him. And one of the, the his biggest strengths this year has been uh, bounce back starts like when he loses a game or has has a rough outing he's always back out there the next day and and playing really well so um not a guy who has you know a, a long memory and that's a good thing for a goaltender
1: yeah no I just I sort of wonder what effect the Bruins had on him because everyone's like oh you know do you have a scouting report on him you know if you talk to Providence obviously that's pretty big but it's also like how much did you help this kid because I mean the Bruins have a long line of backups and starters who've you know, bidding pretty damn good goalies. I mean, even back to Svedberg and Chad Johnson. I mean, they got Chad Johnson a bunch of money out in uh, Calgary and Buffalo. Yeah, seriously. I don't think anybody could do so. But back to Rask, you know, these would be low-scoring games. You're going to need him, obviously. I mean, duh, to come up huge. So I think um, with Rask, it's going to be a pretty big deal. Uh, my second-to-last question, and it comes down to the coaches, who out-coaches who, Cassidy or Craig Berube?
0: Um, I'll, I'll be willing to say that Cassidy outcoaches Baruby, and, and, and I, I think it's more, uh, I guess I'll say ignorance cause I, I don't necessarily know, or I'm not necessarily sold on how good of a coach Greg Berube is. We saw he, 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 wasn't great in Philadelphia. He had a ton of success with his team this year, but also a lot of that success has come off the back of a hot goaltender like they, they turned their season around once jordan bennington came came into st louis and really took over that starting job and played well in net and and obviously it's very difficult to, to win in this league with bad <laughs> goaltending so like it, it's hard to take it, take that against him but also like he took over in in what october november and they sucked for a, they continued to suck for like a month and a half yeah when i mean they first, were talking about Braden shen coming here in january Right. So like they sucked for a while after he was behind the bench and I know that it's very difficult to change a mentality of of like a of a really struggling team overnight. Um so he's clearly done well but I know what I've seen from Bruce Cassidy and I know that Bruce Cassidy is a really strong is a really good coach and uh he's solid I wouldn't say fantastic at adjustments and making mm-hmm. adjustments but Sometimes I think maybe he's guilty of overcoaching, and so maybe that's an issue. But at this point in time, I feel more comfortable knowing what I have in Bruce Cassidy as opposed to not knowing what Craig Ruby is. Yes, I'm with you on the Cassidy thing. I mean, I think the way
1: he matches up lines, the adjustments could use work, but when it comes to matching up lines, he's generally pretty good at it. I think winning hides a lot. I mean, I think that, you know, Obviously, this week with the stupid Bates Battaglia comments, yeah. sort of you, you, these times of Washington get brought back up with the Washington Post article, him being ill prepared, you know, kind of being a dick, all that stuff. Now it's like you know he's still very open to the media and he's taking shots at. Pretty much everybody throughout the entire year. It's just they keep winning, so it doesn't really matter. So I wonder. You know, I'm a huge Cassidy fan. I think he's awesome. I love how he interacts with the media. I guess that's just a bias, but I you know, and I think he's a great matchup of lines. But you think, I mean, Cassidy, I think benefits a lot and has had an easy transition here because he's had such good talent on the team and such you know good guys like Bergeron. You can match
0: up against the team's top line, and they've been winning. Yeah, but I also think that you say the same thing about Craig Ruby. Like he, he took over a roster that's that's really solid. They didn't do much. Uh, I don't even yeah. think they did, honestly, anything this season in terms of uh, you know, mid-season acquisitions acquisition or anything like that. They obviously weren't in a place to buy around the t- trade deadline. So this is a roster that a lot of people thought was going to be good coming into this year, and he just so happened to take over Mikeyo's mess, and they were good. So, like <laughs> – it, 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 you could make the same argument against Craig Ruby, um, but obviously it, it helps to coach talent for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's funny. I think with the whole O'Reilly thing, when they were in last place in January, I remember thinking like, wait, isn't this, didn't they give up like a ton for Ryan O'Reilly? And they did. I mean, the fact they've been able to write the ship so fast and say, I mean, Jake Allen is a puddle. I, I don't right.
0: So like, that's the issue. It's, I mean, like this blue story is an unbelievable story. in the fact that they were able to, to make the turnaround so drastically, but let's not pretend like this is like a Vegas golden Knights story where, you know, they're making the Stanley cup final against all odds and, and that they're, they're like this, some Cinderella unlikely story. Uh, they have a really good team. <laughs> they, they, you know, had a roster that was to be a contender. They just weren't in the first half of the year because you know their coaching sucked and, and they just didn't play well. So I, I have an issue with being like, "Wow, can you believe that <laughs> that this team made the Stanley Cup final?" Yeah, because they're not really overachieving. They just got off to a terrible start. That'd be yeah. like saying the Red Sox. Uh, you know, can you believe the Red Sox got into the playoffs after the start that they had? Yeah, because. <laughs> they're really damn good. <laughs> yeah, no, it that's it's funny you bring that up. You also bring
1: up the Knights last year. I think this Stanley Cup beats that one by a mile. Last year's cup, I mean, it was cool to see obviously Ovechkin win, but when it came to I mean, it was a five-game series. I don't remember it being super intense in parts because the Caps rattled off four straight at the end.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I enjoyed that, that Stanley Cup final. I think that it was it was probably the the five games is is uh misleading i guess i mean it was a pretty pretty close series and i think just in terms of of narratives and storylines heading into that that stanley cup final i was i was psyched to cover it because on you know no matter who wins it was going to be a great story you either have a team winning in its inaugural season and against all odds and just like the craziest uh the craziest story basically in nhl history uh and then on the and then on the other side you have a guy who has gotten it's similar to Tatuka Rass, a guy who's gotten so much undeserved, unnecessary unnecessarily unnecessary flack and like these lazy takes surrounding him. And it's really cool to be able to watch a guy like that shut everybody up and, and get the like the the recognition and sort of like that that cathartic uh victory in the Stanley Cup final. So heading into the last year's series, I was very, very excited
1: yeah no, I was too, but it 's funny you bring up the whole Rask thing you know sort of changing the narratives i 'm going to ask you one last thing. I cannot believe we 've done twenty eight minutes. I have not brought up Gloria yet, but I will now. Who wins the Battle of Gloria? What are your serious predictions
0: so like the uh like the the western conference final was a war of attrition in the way that the blues were able to wear down the the sharks. I think that we're gonna be able the Bruins fan base is gonna be able to wear down the Blues fan base with the claiming <laughs> of Gloria, and uh, I'm very very excited about it. There's there's seemingly more and more people on board with the idea of the Bruins stealing Gloria, and now that the Blues are are, are the opponent and in and the opponent and in the championship series, I think it's gonna get ramped up pretty hard, and they're gonna get grinded down, and we're gonna win the battle of Gloria, and we're also gonna win the series. So I, I say Bruins in six.
1: It's so funny. I would pay. All the money in my bank account. I would give my right arm to hear at the end of a Bruins win at home instead of Amazing. instead of dirty water, you hear Gloria
0: start playing. I mean, oh my god! Well, I tweeted. I tweeted at Ron Poster, who's the organist at TD Garden. And I was like, please play, please play Gloria <laughs> after win, please play it. And I, I don't think that it's going to happen because it'll be like people not in on the joke will be like, what the hell is going on? Why is this guy playing the St. Louis Blues victory song uh in the Stanley Cup final in Boston? But it would honestly make my life if that were to happen. And just being like, it is it is ours, see? It's our it belongs to us now. But uh I think at the very least I'm gonna com- campaign for uh one of the guys to play Gloria in the locker room if they win the series, which would be incredible. Just that would be cup, insane. The man. cup in the locker room playing Gloria as like this troll to St. Louis. Uh, and just like a final victory for for me as uh, as the, the you know me and DJ as the people who started this movement, it would be incredible. sort of like the uh, the New York New York thing that the Red Sox took. From,
1: from I was just game. gonna say the the Red Sox did that. I feel like if you play in the locker room, it's cool, but like to hear it on the to hear it in the garden would be the right. biggest fu to St. Louis you could possibly
0: give. That would be I would, yeah. I mean, after a Bruins win. That would be incredible. It would just be the biggest FU, like middle- And thing. that would have been a movement you started. Like you yeah. and DJ started that movement. I need it to happen. I need, you need to tell your listeners of this podcast to, to, to campaign and tweet at the Bruins and tweet at Ron Poster and tweet at the, the garden DJ. Play Gloria after the Bruins win in the Stanley Cup.
1: No, honest to God, like, I'm probably gonna do it, and I'm supposed to be quote unquote unbiased, cause like, I'm, like, a, I'm, a, yeah, I'm only a Bruins reporter with all that baloney, but I want that to play. Right. I, w- I would, as I said, like, I would love that. Not just for you, but just, like, a total screw you to St. Louis. That would be awesome. Right. Um, but, aside from Gloria, my predictions are Bruins in seven. That's selfish, because I want, I wanna, I'm, I'm gonna be at game seven, I'm gonna be at
0: all the Bruins home games. Are you gonna be there? Covering it? Uh it's undecided yet. I have to do the TV stuff for CBS. So if they can get me a cameraman uh to come with me and, and get him a credential as well, then I I might be at the games, but uh TBD right now. Awesome. Well, I want to see them clinch in game 7 and i, I want to see t- it on home ice for sure. Yes,
1: cuz I you know what I I said this today or you know that WEI predictions thing that's coming out on Monday that I emailed you about. I just did mine today and I was like, you know, the Red Sox it took them three tries this century to get a championship on home field. And they did it against the St. Louis team. And I was like, the Bruins this will be the third try. They'll do it against the St. Louis team on home ice. So to have that be at the Garden, I mean, that would be insane. And I would i mean, I'd love to see it. So Bruins in seven is my pick. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, Pete, thank you so much for joining. Again, to every listener, tweet at – was it Ron Posner? Poster, yeah. Poster, Ron Poster, on Twitter. Tweet it. You want Gloria at the end of Bruins games. I'm jumping in on this campaign. I love this. Um, But at any rate, we hope you enjoyed. Um, Follow Pete at Pete Blackburn on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at E. Marinovsky and on Bruins CLNS uh, Twitter at Bruins CLNS. For CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. Have a great week and enjoy the Stanley Cup.